Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge, your MMA-only episode. We are your daily, weekly, whatever sport you want, sports betting brand of record. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting. And if you're not a member yet, use the promo code EDGE. I'll give you 30 days for free. You can try everything out. Now, every single week that there is a UFC, a Bellator, a PFL card, we're going to be here for you. Last week, how about 4-0? How about sweeping the board? So let's bring in the star of the show. You know him. You love him. You thanked him last week. Andrew Gombus, welcome back to the Early Edge. How good does it feel to go four and oh? And also, let me point out, you were one of the very few that was on Calvin Cater to win in the main event. So congratulations on that as well. Thanks, Coach. Happy to be here as always. Love coming off an undefeated week, but I'm ready to focus on UFC 270. We've got a huge card, and I'm ready to deliver some more winners. All right, so let's get into it. But as we always do here on the Early Edge, storylines that could affect the betting lines. We have one very big story that has nothing to do with UFC 270 this week. Now, last month, one of the biggest upsets in UFC history, Juliana Pena knocking off the lioness, Amanda Nunes. Now it has come out the last couple of days that Nunes has decided she's going to leave after seven years, American top team, the same gym where she became this incredible superstar in the female division. So when you saw this news, what was your take? Yeah, it's very interesting. When I saw this news, my first take was, uh-oh, because fighters that leave their their gym and try to switch coaches, switch camps because of a loss, um, it tends not to work out particularly well for them. Not saying it's necessarily going to be the case with Nunes because obviously she's a special talent. She's one of the best female fighters of all time. But at this point in her career, I don't know that that's the best um, move for her. And also another thing to consider is there was all this talk about Nunes versus Kayla Harrison of the PFL. We're not sure where Kayla's going to end up yet and which organization, but they, she trains an American top team as well. So that there might be a little uh, fire there as well between the two of them. It's very, very interesting because everybody knows that I do all of the betting uh, content for the PFL. And I haven't even heard yet where Kayla Harrison is. They're keeping a very, very close to the vest, but I think that has something to do with it. I also think COVID had something to do with it. And if she accepts the rematch, I think we'll get to see the real Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, let's switch gears because I need you laser focused on this week, and I know you're ready. UFC 270. And whenever the World Heavyweight Championship is on the line, I'm here for it. Main event, Naganu, who I think is the scariest human being on planet Earth, taking on Cyril Ghana, a former training partner. We'll get to that main event in a second. But let's start with the early prelims. 6 p.m. Eastern, the prelims, 8 p.m. Eastern, the main card on pay-per-view, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So let's go. Gerardo Valdez taking on Matt Favola. Now, Rola is the favorite, minus 180, and Valdez comes in at plus 160 in the lightweight division. Talk to me. 
Yeah, so there's two plays I like here. I'm on Favola money line. I think minus 180 is not wide enough. Um, Valdez is still very unproven. He's green. He's only had 10 pro fights, and this will be his first fight in the UFC. On a contender series fight, he went life and death with someone who was a, who he was a minus 1,200 favorite over. He was actually the live betting underdog going into the second round before finding that finish. Um, I think this is too much too soon. I think Matt Favola is going to... Um, take him down and submit him. I think it's going to happen rather soon. So I like Provola from a money line perspective. I also like the under two and a half rounds. So I think Valdez's real only chance to win is going to be an early knockout. And Provola, when he has lost, that's exactly how he's lost. He's lost in the very early stages of a fight before he's able to get the fight going to the ground. And I think that Provola um, is going to win this one early, but I like the under as well. I think we're getting some really good value on both of these. And for those of you that are brand new to how we do things here, kind of the number that we look at when it comes to straight betting, it's different than football and baseball and basketball. Minus 200 is kind of our playing field. Anything below that, we feel like we can play it straight. This falls into that category. Minus 180, of course, the under does as well. Love those two plays to start. All right, let's go and stay on the early prelim card, the women's straw weight division. Now, this is a very, very difficult uh, division to handicap because there's not a ton of knockouts. There's a lot of fights that go the distance. Now, when we look at Silvana Gomez-Morez taking on Vanessa Demopoulos, Demopoulos is the favorite at minus 140, the underdog coming back at plus 125. What do you make of this one? Yeah, so I like uh, Silvana Gomez Suarez as the underdog here. Plus 125, I think it's a more than fair price to play her at. Icapper is a favorite. Um, she's a five or six inch reach advantage. She's a much cleaner striker. Um, people, the narrative going into this fight is that Demopolis jiu-jitsu and grappling is going to be the difference. But I just don't see her having the wrestling to get this fight to the ground. I think she's going to get stuck on the feet. And I think Suarez Gomez is the much better striker. And I think she should be the favorite here. All right. Coming back at plus money, plus 125. We'll take that value all day long. All right. So that's three plays so far. But now we have to get to our main event because every single show, I don't care what else Andrew picks, but I make him make a pick in the main event. So here's what we're talking about, because I want to discuss it before you just give me the pick. Okay. So Cyril gone minus 155. He only started fighting a few years ago. And now this is where he is. Francis Naganu. Now he's coming out this week and he's been like, this could be my last fight in the UFC unless they redo my, my contract. He wants a lot more money. He says, I'm not going to fight for $500,000 anymore. I kind of like a fighter coming out and saying that. What do you make of all the exterior stuff? Because I think this is why Dana White made there be an interim belt anyway. I never understood that. But now with all of the exterior news, what do you make of, of the storylines before you make your pick? Yeah, so there are so many storylines going into this fight, one of which being that these two have trained together in the past. Um, the, the, it's been a few years since they trained, but there's been sparring footage that has been put out this week. The two of that, it's very different when you're in a fight or any kind of combat match or someone and you've already felt them before. You know what their power is like. You know what you know what kind of some of their tendencies are. So I think, one, that's really, really interesting. I think, two... Um, Francis Ngannou kind of having this whole sideshow going on with the UFC. Um, he's made his negotiations a little bit public and I know they've done the same on their end. Um, and if I were an Ngannou backer here, which I'm not, I'll get to that in a little bit, but I'd be concerned about that. I think a lot of times when fighters start to talk boxing or starting to talk negotiations, mm -hmm. it can be a distraction. It could be biting off more than you can chew. I think he should be fully focused on surreal gone here, but he's going to have the chance to prove me wrong. And he's one of the, hardest power punchers in the history of the sport. So it's a great fight and I'm looking forward to it. 
All right, but also before we get to that pick in the co-main event, this is a rematch, and I can understand why you did. This is not one of your best bets because the first two times these two have fought has been absolute battles. Kind of educate the people at home on Moreno and uh, Mister Ferro the third time. Yeah, so uh, Davidson Figueredo and Brandon Moreno have fought twice already. Their first fight was at the end of uh, 2019. It was one of the best fights of of the year. Uh, excuse me, end of 2020. And then in 2021, they fought over the summer. Oh, excuse me, the first fight was fought to a draw. Figueredo was going to win on the scorecards, but he actually got a point deduction and it ended up being a draw. So the, it was one of the fights of the year. They ran it back in 2021. Completely different story this time. Brandon Moreno won every second of that fight. Um, he ended up getting a submission and yeah, it, this time around he's the favorite, which last time I bet him at plus two eleven going mm-hmm. into their second fight. I had no bets on the first fight, this fight again. I, I think the line's about right here. I cap Moreno as a favorite. I think once you finish someone in that dominant fashion, it wasn't, wasn't a fluke. Wasn't a flash knockout. It was bell to bell domination. I think that does something mentally. And um, I think Brandon Moreno is going to win this fight again. And I think Davidson Figueredo is probably going to move up to 135 after this. It's such a hard way to get down to. And, and also, you look at Moreno now. We talk about this all the time. When you become a champion, now he's in Modelo commercials. And now he's got all these different things that before he was just a really young, small fighter who wanted to make it. Now he's this dynamic performer who now has to perform as the champion. And I'm looking forward to it. As always, follow Andrew on social media. You never know when he may drop a little knowledge or a live bet during the show. You just never know. All right, let's get to the main event now. I need your pick because a lot of people, the role that Francis Naganu is on and the way that he knocked out Stipe, I would not want to stand in front of him. But you, you have to be the one to make the pick. What is it? Yeah, so I'm going with the interim champ here. I like Surreal Gone to get it done. He's much better from a technical standpoint. Um, obviously, Francis Ngannou has that great equalizer, which is his punching power. But we've seen Ngannou be timid in the past when he when he's fighting someone um, who he's a little bit more aware of their skills. We saw it in the Derek Lewis fight. Mm. Lewis has that power, and Ngannou kind of went out there and froze up. And even though Ngannou's had some big knockouts, his technique has looked sloppy at times. I know it sounds funny to criticize a champion of that caliber, but everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And I think Francis Ngannou's weaknesses are going to be exposed. He's going to do one, two things. He's either a Russian, throw some big overhands against a much more technical striker, or he's going to sit there and not throw any volume and surreal gone is going to win a decision. So I bet surreal gone at minus minus one eighteen. He's out to like minus minus one fifty now. Um, I think that's a little bit closer to accurate, but I think the there's a good chance the line comes down again. So anything under like minus minus one thirty five, I think an official play is warranted. And if not, I think maybe like a half unit, just kind of more as like a lean. If you have, if we've made money on the first few fights going into the main event, if you want to bet something, I like surreal gone to get it done. All right. Eric in the chat agrees with you. He says gone by decision. As you just said, plus 400 easy, easy. And Pascal says, let's go. My favorite early edge weekly segment. Well, it's a full show, but if you want to call a segment, we don't care. We just care that you are here. All right. We are up against it. Grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap. And it looks absolutely glorious. Courtesy of the jeweler. We're going to go for Volo minus 180. Then the under in the same fight, two and a half minus 110. Most books do not allow you to parlay those two things together. So don't even ask. Now, 
Juarez plus 125 as the underdog. And then this is a lean. This is a lean, but I encourage you with all of my cappers to follow them on social media. They're always active and especially my man, Andrew during the fight. All right. Can we go four and oh for the second week in a row? I believe that we can. I believe that we can, but in the meantime, there's only one thing left to do. And you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these UFC tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Andrew Gombas, the jeweler. I am the coach. We're here every single week and we're ready to grind. New Year's, holidays, they're behind us. Let's get laser focused right here on the early edge. Good luck. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.